This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Today on the show, we are joined by play-by-play announcer and color analyst for the Colorado Rockies, Jerry Schimmel. He has got an inspiring, incredible story to to share with us. Uh, This is the second time he's been on the show. Uh, But he was a part of the uh, United Airlines Flight 232 that crashed and is the survivor. Everyone else died. I mean, it's just a tragic, tragic story. Yet what Jerry uh, has been able to do with his life and how God has used him uh, is, is really cool. And his perspective on it all. Uh, I think will be real encouraging to, to 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 everyone listening today. So appreciate you tuning in to the Unpacking It podcast. We are presented by MediShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash Unpacking It. My family, we are members of MediShare and have been for a number of years. MediShare offers programs for every budget. So if you're an individual, parent, small business owner, ministry leader, self-employed, MediShare has options for you. The best part is their members, on average, save 50% or more on their health care costs. So visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it and find out if MediShare is the right fit for you and your family. And and so you can find out more information on MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, Stick around at the end of our interview with Jerry. I'll give you my one big takeaway. Uh, But we have a fun conversation uh, talking broadcasting as he's done the NBA. He's done baseball. even did a little college uh, football with Ed McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's dad is the head coach of Northern Colorado. So a lot to get to. Enjoy. Let's jump right in. Here is Jerry Schemmel. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is a play-by-play announcer and color analyst for the Colorado Rockies, Jerry Schemmel. Before that, he was a play-by-play guy for the Denver Nuggets, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Colorado State. He is a survivor of the crash landing of United Airlines Flight 232 back in 1989, and he wrote a book about it called Chosen to Live. 
He also is a cyclist. And in 2018, we had Jerry on our show to talk about the Godspeed documentary about his race across America. And so you can check that podcast out to hear more about that. He is also the host of the nationally syndicated radio show, Amazing Americans. You can check out his website, jerryshemmel.com. Jerry, it's so great to have you back on Unpacking It. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, uh, Bryce. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It must have been okay if you're having me back on, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. Sorry, it's been a couple of years, but but we're excited to to catch up. And and before we we kind of dive in, talk a little baseball and, and talk about what's been going on, I know that that you're in the, the Denver area, of course, and so one of the big stories coming out of, of the sports world, Jokic being named the MVP, and, and some people have questioned that, and since I got to get kind of your insight as a, a former broadcaster with the Nuggets. How good is Jokic? How impressive was this season? And, and how deserving, I assume, that you would uh, defend his back-to-back MVPs? Well, let me preface by saying I'm a little biased because I get to see him most every night. So um, he's a unicorn, Bryce. I, I, we've never seen him like this guy before. I mean, he's a he's a he's a point center that's seven foot one that can do everything, and probably a little underrated defensive player. When he really bears down, he can he can be a pretty good low post defender, but you know, people got upset last year because he won the MVP and he actually had better numbers. He had a better season this year than he did last year. And now there might be other guys that kind of caught up with him a little bit, but he's a better player. He's an improved player from last year, which we didn't think would happen. So, you know, again, I'm biased, but I think he deserved it last year. I think he deserves it again this year. First player to uh, history with 2000 points, a thousand rebounds and 500 assists in a season. First players ever done that in NBA history. So, uh, I think it's it, it's arguable, but I think it's a little tough to argue that he should not have gotten that MVP. It is remarkable. And gosh, when you think about those those numbers. So so I, I know some injuries, of course, were, were the story this year. But what's it going to take for the Nuggets to kind of get get over the hump, get to, get to the next step? Yeah, they got to get healthy. You know, they're missing all year long other than nine games from Michael Porter Jr. And Jamal Murray was out the whole year. Those are two really good players, probably top 20, 15, 20 players in the league in terms of talent, Bryce. And when you're missing those two guys, you're not going to be successful. And you know, to get to the playoffs and be 12 or 13 games over 500 in the regular season, I thought was number one, a credit to Jokic and the job he did this year, but maybe a tip of the hat to the head coach as well, Michael Malone, the job that he did trying to piece things together and get to the playoffs and get that sixth seed. So they got to get, to answer your question, they've got to get healthy. They've got to get those two guys back 100%, which looks like it might happen. It's feasible. Could It's, it's a possibility. And then see what you got. Then you got three superstars. Then you got three guys that could take you to the promised land. So get healthy and, and see what happens. But when that happens, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you hate seeing the injuries. We want to see the full full lineup and, and see what all these teams have. And it's been fun, these NBA playoffs, because a lot of competitive series and, and good teams. But, but the Nuggets want to be in that mix for sure. Well, you're, of course, associated with the Colorado Rockies now, and, and you're back with the with the franchise. And and so I want to hear a little bit about this story because you were, you were with the Rockies for 10 years, two years off. Now you're back. Take us into uh, what you can share as far as kind of how all that happened and, and how excited you are to be back. Well, Bryce, I wish I could tell you that it just took a couple of COVID years off, but that's not really accurate. So you know, in, in 2019, I'm, I'm actually packing, it's 2020, so two years ago, I'm packing my bag to go to spring training. And I, I don't work for the team. I work for iHeartMedia, which is the rights holder. And I got a call saying, hey, did you hear about all the cuts across by the program director? 
at the station, the flagship station. And he said, you hear about all the cuts that iHeart made around the country because of bankruptcy. We cut 950 jobs across the country. And I said, no, I hadn't heard that. He goes, well, you're one of them. And so I lost my job in a bankruptcy um, payroll cut, basically. Uh, and it turns out almost 1,100 people that week lost their jobs across the country. So, and I was actually, Bryce, ready to kind of, you know, I've been 20 years in the NBA, 10 in Major League Baseball, been an incredible career. Um, I wasn't hurting financially. I thought, I'll just walk away. It's been a great career. I'll go do something else that God wants me to do. And then uh, two days before the season, two days before the regular season this year, before opening day in 2022, I got a call from that same guy that I had not heard from in over two years saying, are you interested in coming back because the guy that replaced you refuses to take the, the COVID vaccine and Major League Baseball won't let him work. So I said, sign me up. I'm ready. I'll come back. So two days before the opener, no spring training, no reps in spring training at all. I jumped back in and, and it's been great. I'm, I'm excited to be back in that saddle. Wow. What a story. Well, well, going back. So they didn't even really tell you just all of a sudden who, who told you the news that you were being let go? That um, funny. The, the program director station, the same guy that called me and said, you want to come okay. back? And I literally, Bryce, hadn't talked to him in two years. It had been, and I, so I thought it was important when I got let go not to burn bridges, not to say anything bad about it. And, and I was honestly just thinking about, all right, what's the next step for me and God's plan? And I thought, well, so if it's away from broadcasting and to give him glory somehow, then, then I'll do it. And I was, and I had a bunch of uh, irons in the fire and then, you know, two years later, I got a call from that same program director that I had not talked to in two years. And he said, hey, come on back. And, and I was ready to go. That, that's exciting. So during those two years, then how did God work in your life? What was maybe some uh, value or benefits to, to taking those two years kind of away from baseball? Yeah, I got to do some charity stuff that I had, I had been thinking about doing for a long time, Bryce, that I'd never done before. I was able to, to clear my schedule to speak to a lot of Christian groups, a lot of churches, a lot of other groups that just to kind of share the gospel a little bit, which I had been restricted because of my schedule. I just didn't have time to do all. I couldn't say yes to everything. I was able to say yes to all those invitations, which was just an incredible blessing to me. And then I started doing college games again. I got back in that amateur circuit and did University of Northern Colorado football and basketball uh, with Ed McCaffrey as the head coach for football with the UNC Bears. And I did that, that past, this past season which is really fun for me. That, that was just outstanding. And to be back it, it, away from pro athletes for a while and back with the amateur uh, players and just the humility and the friendliness and, and just the, the care that everybody gave each other was really refreshing for me. So I had a great two years. I'm happy to be back, but I had a great two years away. Well, gosh, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, first up, just, I guess, being, being back, what, what did you realize you, you missed the most and, and what has maybe been the, the the joy of being back? You know, this this might sound a little, little strange, a little weird for some some viewers, but um, just pulling back in the ballpark, pull, on opening day at Coors Field, pulling that parking lot and walking into the stadium again, walking into that ballpark, I ju- it just hit me how much I enjoyed it, how much I just love coming to the ballpark and describing the, a baseball game. So walking through, some of, some of the old security people were there, I said hi, and I got up in the broadcast booth, and I just took this big breath, big breath like, God, thank you. This is, you know, it gave me some talent to do this. And now you put me back in the saddle again. Thank you. So I, I think I, I never took it for granted, Bryce. There was never a day in 30 years where I wasn't happy to drive to the arena or the ballpark. I was excited about going, but I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it being there and just in that environment and the people and then describing a game on the radio, something I really missed. And I didn't realize it until I got back in that building. 
I love it. So, so special. And I, I've been to one game uh, at Coors. So it, it was fun. Absolutely. Um, well, so even let's, let's, let's even go back a little bit. Cause I, you, you talk about just how much you enjoyed that every time you, you went to the arena and, and the ballpark, when did you know that you wanted to be a, a broadcaster and, and even growing up, what did you, what was your dream job or what did you think you wanted to do? And then ultimately how did you land in, in the broadcasting direction? Yeah, I, I grew up in a small town in South Dakota and we were about three hours away from the twin cities. So I, uh, I, I listened to Twins games all the time, and I thought the ultimate job, the dream job, would be a Major League Baseball announcer. And I thought, oh, that, that'd be really cool. So I, I got a degree in broadcast journalism, and my junior year in college, I uh, was playing baseball at a school called Washburn University in Topeka, Kansas. My junior year in college, I realized that I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player. I just wasn't good enough. And I thought the next best thing, the most fun besides being a player, might be a broadcaster. So I kind of jumped into that realm, started doing high school games, moved up to small college, did minor league basketball for a long time, and just loved it, loved every minute. And that, that first game I did was a high school football game, and I thought, man, this is really fun. This is what I want to do the rest of my career. And it's unfolded in a beautiful way, thanks to God's blessings. Amen. Absolutely. So now that you kind of even even reflect back on your your career and having these these different stops and, and different sports and different levels and, and that sort of thing, what are some of the the, the big differences? You kind of describe that with, with the, the at Northern Colorado, but but between even the NBA and Major League Baseball, as far as calling a game and, and being in, in in different environments with, with these different sports, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, you know, in, in basketball and the NBA and Major League Baseball are just two different animals completely as a play-by-play guy. In the NBA, you, you know, it, it it's just it's fast-paced action. You're trying to keep up with the ball. There's the ball's moving all the time. The score's changing all the time. And as a play-by-play guy, there isn't a whole lot to do other than just call the play-by-play. And so it's rapid fire. In baseball, there's a pitch, and then what happens? Nothing for 30 seconds. And so you have to fill in and you have to have you have to have background and stories and you can rely on stats, but not you don't want to use that as a crutch. So you got to be more conversational. You've got to you've got to fill in the listener more with background stuff because there isn't a whole lot happening other than a pitch and, a, and a, when the ball is put in the air or on the ground. So it's a totally different thing. You have to slow down. You have to pace yourself. And I just always think about, hey, it's a conversation between me and Bryce um, you know, at, at dinner talking about baseball and getting excited about it. And that's kind of what the way I approach it uh, in baseball and basketball, it's different. You just keep up and try to try to entertain as best you can. There's nothing like it. That's, that's for sure. And I, in college, I did basketball and football and man, it was so, so different between, mm-hmm. between those two, just from your personality standpoint, which, which sport fits you the best? What's you know, natural. Baseball, you know, it's it's hard to. I almost want to flip that coin, but uh, love doing the NBA. Did it for twenty years and really miss it, and and really miss that environment, calling a game because it's so it's so emotional, it's so rapid fire that it's just a great challenge. But I was a baseball player in college. I coached the college level, and baseball has always been my my number one sport. So, uh, like I said, my dream job I always thought would be major league baseball announcer, and so I think I would probably favor baseball if I had to choose between an NBA playoff game and a major league baseball game, I would probably choose major league baseball. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you spent the, the this past fall with, with Northern Colorado and you mentioned Ed McCaffrey being the head coach of that team. I'm here in Charlotte. And so I know we have some Panthers fans that listen to the podcast. And of course, Christian McCaffrey star star running back. So what was that experience being like uh, around, around Ed and, and, and I guess, 
what did you gather from him that you can say, yeah, he, he was able to, to have a son make it to the NFL, follow his footsteps yeah. based on kind of the, the type of coach that he was? Yeah, first of all, I, I knew Ed a little bit because he had, you know, I'd worked in the same building. He did color on the Denver Broncos for a couple of years, and we were on the same station. I didn't know him well. We weren't friends at all, but I knew he was and passed him a, a couple of times. So um, I was very anxious to, to get to know him because he had been the media. So he gets the media and, and you know, very cooperative and all that kind of stuff. And I think he stepped into a situation, to be honest with you, Bryce, a, a little bit diff- more difficult than he thought it was going to be. I mean, they, the UNC plays in the uh, Big Sky Conference, which is a really good football conference, especially. And they had, uh, I think, they had five teams in the top 20 in their division at one point this season. Not 25, but top 20. So they got beat up pretty good. But I think Ed learned a lot. And in, in year two, moving forward, which will be this fall, I think he'll be that much better. But I think uh, it was a tremendous experience for me. I mean, he, he was very open about, well, as well, his son was the quarterback at USC and his other son was the offensive coordinator. So it was basically the McCaffrey gang. And so I told the other radio announcers, Bryce, I said, if you don't know a last name, just say McCaffrey, you'll probably have a chance to get it right. If you don't know what to play. So no, it was, it was a great experience. Uh, we only won three games, but it was, it was, it was really fun to work with Ed, did the coaching show with him. And like I said, he's, he's a terrific coach and going to be that much better moving forward. Gosh, that's cool. I remember watching him as a, as a Bronco player growing up and was an Elway fan. So uh, and, and rooted for those Broncos teams that, that won super a couple of Super Bowls there. So, um, so that's neat. Well, that's that's great. You got to, to be a part of that. Well, uh, you mentioned that during those those two years, you were able to do more speaking. Um, and and so I'm curious, kind of what your uh, approach is to to speaking. What are you most passionate? You mentioned sharing the gospel, which is nothing more important than that. But but what's your approach when when you go and and, and talk to to different groups? And, and what's your your passion for speaking like? Yeah, Bryce, all my talks, whether it's in a secular environment or a Christian environment, involve a plane crash that I survived and becoming a Christian as a result of that plane crash. And I share that story. And with the secular group, I, I kind of give life lessons from it and how a guy that got his life given back to me in a crash where everybody around me died. I mean, ever, I was surrounded by people who died in that crash and I got my life given back to me. So I got a second chance that a lot of people don't get. And so share life lessons on, you know, take advantage of, of life, live it to its fullest, you know, all the things that we've heard before, but maybe coming from a plane crash survivor, it's a little bit different perspective. Uh, in a Christian environment, I share my testimony, uh, becoming a Christian uh, after the crash, really struggled with post-trauma stress disorder and got in a, a place where I was at rock bottom and just couldn't pick myself back up and and turned to, turned to God and found his son. And my life is completely turned around from that day forward. I mean, this this man, Jesus, has completely changed me. So he changed me from the end. You wouldn't like me, Bryce, before the plane crash. I mean, I was really egotistical and I was all about me and I was going to be the next Bob Costas or Al Michaels and, you know, really full of myself. And that plane crash and becoming a Christian and, and giving myself to, to Christ completely changed that, changed my heart from the inside. And I'm so thankful for that. Number one, that it happened. Number two, that I can share it. Amen. I'm so I'm so thankful that, that, that God allowed you to, to keep keep living and that you've been obedient to, to his call on your life to be able to to share to share that story. And, and so that was back in 1989. And so you've been on, on quite the, the, the journey since then. But but as far as kind of recently, how does God continue to, to transform you? And, and, and what are some of the things that, that maybe you've been or areas that you've been growing in? lately or things that you've been been learning even at this stage of, of your your journey with Jesus yeah it's it's uh 
uh, and interesting when you asked that question, because when I lost the, the Rockies job, I realized that my my identity could not be as a broadcaster. It had to be as a follower of Christ. And and I thought, oh, I've, I've lost that job. And, you know, it's interesting when you're not the voice of a, a major league baseball team anymore. People look at you differently. You lose some friends. You don't have people calling you and, and asking for tickets or, you know, you, you find out who your true friends are. I guess I should say that. And I just I, I realized that maybe some of my identity was wrapped up in being a broadcaster. You know, 20 years in the NBA and 10 in Major League Baseball. That's how people knew me. They knew me as a as a plane crash survivor and as a as a big league broadcaster. And when that was taken away, that perspective for me changed a little bit. And it changed for the better, Bryce. It, it really did. It realized it made me realize that my identity is not in that radio booth. It's not in that arena. It's as a follower and a son of, of, of Christ. And uh, that hit home for me. And I became very comfortable with the fact that I wasn't the voice of the Rockies anymore, that I was now uh, Jerry Schemmel, a follower of Jesus and not Jerry Schemmel, the voice of the Rockies. So that that was just a great learning experience for me. It's just a path that I, I never thought I would go down, but it was just eye opening for me, changed my heart. And I'm so thankful for it. I, I love that because then God gave the opportunity back to you. So he taught, he taught you some things, grew you, and then now there you are back in, back in the booth. Uh, you know, I say that, I say that to him all the time. I'm like, man, thank you for taking me down that road. And thank you for those lessons I learned in two years. And, and by the way, to take two years off to two COVID years, that, that was pretty good two years to take off if I had to take off two years. So I thank you for that as well. But no, I do. I thank you for giving my job back to me, which I love so much and, and feel like he's given me a little bit of gift to do, but more importantly, to, to appreciate um, not having it now that I do have it. Mm. That's a great, great story. And I want to go back to the, the plane crash a little bit. And I don't know exactly how to word this, but to me, I imagine you're, you're filled with such gratitude that, that God gave you the, the second chance at, at life. And, and at the same time, I imagine there's a level of, of pressure that, that you feel by being one of the only survivors of this, of this crash. And so how, do you, how have you navigated that over the years? And, and what have you kind of learned uh, maybe through that, I, which I imagine some level of wrestling. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. It's a great point, Bryce. And I think after the crash, I really felt that pressure. I mean, there were so many people that, well, you you survived in this group of people who didn't, you know, big things are ahead and you're going to be president of the United States, you know, you know, stuff like that. The people were, were well-intentioned when they were saying it, but I just felt like, wow, maybe, maybe I, I have that obligation to do something gigantic in my life. And as time went on, Bryce, after that crash, I realized that wasn't the case. I realized that I, I survived for multiple reasons. One of them might just be to be a great dad. I got two kids and, and I, I didn't have kids before the crash. And, oh. you know, maybe it's just like, maybe this taught you how to be a better dad and a better husband and a better friend. And the most important thing that, that happened after that crash and because of the crash was my finding Jesus. So th this is a, the kind of way I look at it, Bryce, and hope this makes sense. But when I look back at the crash, I see God saying to me, and I had no spiritual foundation whatsoever before that crash. I mean, nothing, zero. I never, I, I'll get a confession to make. I never picked up a Bible, opened a Bible in the first 30 years of my life. Fascinating. Zero. I had never opened a Bible. And I just, I, I just brushed all that away. And at the crash, um, I, that, that all came back to me. And so I, I, when I look back at it, I see God saying this to me, Bryce. I see God saying, Jerry, with this plane crash. I finally got your attention. It took 30 years in a plane crash, but I finally got your attention. And now that I do, I want to tell you about my son. Mm. And more importantly, I want you to spend the rest of your life telling other people 
about my son. And that's why I survived that plane crash. It wasn't to become governor of Colorado or president of the United States or anything like it was so that I could spend the rest of my life trying to tell other people about Jesus, kind of like I'm doing right now with you and your podcast. And I'm so glad you are. Gosh, what what, what a, a powerful uh, way that God, God moved in your life. And and it's fascinating to hear that because I grew up in the church. And so sometimes I don't have that that perspective of 30 years to the Bible and, and, and church and, and those types of things. And so because you have that, that background, I imagine that you can um, you know, relate well to, to, to a certain group of people. And, and so in, in speaking to some of our listeners today that, that are followers of Jesus, that, that want to share their faith with a family member, with someone at work, um, somebody that, that may be you know, far from God or, or just doesn't have an understanding of, of who God is, what can you share to, to kind of help people and encourage people in, in, in sharing and witnessing. Yeah. You know, for, there's two groups of people out there, as you know, Bryce, one, that one's a group that's been saved and the other one's a group that has not been. And for the group that's been saved, I, I tell that group all the time. I said, you, you've got this, um, you've got this eternal life that you have now because you've given your life to Christ. So you've got your destiny secured. So if you want to share that with other people, I don't think it works to go hit them over the head with a Bible. I, I really don't. I think that's counterproductive actually. And I've got I've got siblings that aren't saved, and I've tried every every possibly possible way to try to get them to to think down that path and, and accept Christ as Savior, and it just hasn't happened. I think the biggest the, and the most important thing we do is is live our lives the way Jesus wants us to live, and then people see that, and then and for me it's a little easier because they look at me as a plane crash survivor. All right, maybe he's got life figured out. He's got a second chance at it. So I want them to see the way I live and the way that I communicate and the and the stuff that I say on podcasts like like you have. I want people to see that and then maybe they can say, you know what, maybe maybe he's got it figured out. Maybe I want a little slice of that. But if I went to that same person and said, hey, here's the Bible and, and you're going to hell if you don't accept Christ. I don't think that works very well. So for the group that that has already accepted Christ and wants to share that. Just you don't have to tell people about it, about Jesus. Just show people who Jesus is. And I think that's more effective than, than hitting them over the head. It, it sure is. Absolutely. And and so for you, who were some of those people that you were looking up to? Like, follow. so following the, the crash, what were the like, what were the steps that you took that, that God kind of led you down as far as seeing other people and even opening up the Bible and, and getting into church? What, what was that process like? Yeah, it was um, it, it was pretty crazy for me, uh, Bryce. Uh, there was a the ten month anniversary of the crash. So back in 1990, 10 months after the crash, I, I was just struggling. I mean, I, I didn't know what was happening. It was post trauma stress disorder, which I didn't I didn't you know have diagnosed, but I was just struggling. I was survivor's guilt and anger and depression, all this stuff. My marriage is falling apart. My wife and I have been married four years, and I just sat down and I quit my job. Uh, I sat down in a chair on the 10-month anniversary of the crash and realized, Bryce, for the first time in my life, first time in 30 years, I was knocked down and I could not pick myself back up. I just I could, could not do this anymore on my own. And my wife was a beautiful Christian woman, had been so from the day I, I, I met her, and I kind of went along with that. And I went to church with her once in a while because, you know, I was in love with her and I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And if that meant going to church on Sunday, I was going to do that for her. Isn't it amazing what love can do with a man? It can make him go to church with a woman. That's a strong emotion right there, Bryce. Anyway, I thought about Diane and I thought, man, she had this strength and this 
this thing she could draw on, which was a relationship with God and accepting his son, whoever that was, this guy named Jesus Christ. And I, and I just kind of stayed away from all that. And I thought about that and I thought, what in the heck do I have to lose? Nothing else is working. And so I just closed my eyes and said a simple prayer in that moment. I just asked God to come into my life, not to save my marriage, get a new job or come out of depression. It was God, just give me something to hold on to because I can't do this by myself anymore. And Bryce, when I said that, and I, I know some people watching this will think it's corny, but I swear to you, it happened this way. When I said that, something came over me. It wasn't an audible voice. I wasn't going crazy. It wasn't a physical sensation. It was just this overwhelming feeling of peace and contentment that hit me. That just said, because of what I had done, more importantly, the, the ally I just invited in my life, that eventually, not that moment or that night or the next day, but eventually, I knew I was going to win every single battle. I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but I knew that because of who I was having fight this battle with me, I was going to win. And I went to bed that night and finally slept. I couldn't sleep for 10 months and I woke up the next morning feeling the same way. And I thought, man, something has come over me. And that was the beginning for me. Gosh, it's so powerful. And, and the, the praying wife, you, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, mess with the praying wife or the praying yeah. mom as yeah. well. So, uh, God, God answers those, those prayers. And so, and so now how long have you been married to your wife? Uh, 36 years, 36 years. You know what, by the way, that's going to be the name of my next book. You can't mess with a praying wife. That's a great title for a book, right? Can I steal that from you? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No, that's, uh, that's neat. I've got a, uh, yeah, I've got a close friend of mine. I know his wife is praying for him. I'm praying for him. Um, and, and know that, that God will uh, will answer that prayer eventually. It's just you gotta be patient. But um, but for you, it you know, a plane crash was uh, was a part of the story, and and it's it's amazing how God works through all these these different things for us to become aware of who He is and how much He loves us and and the peace that He offers us. And so uh, I love hearing that. I mean, it's very it's describing that and taking taking us back to that that moment for you. Uh, very very special. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I, you know, I'm a little embarrassed, Bryce, that it took a plane crash to get me to to come around and and see Jesus as my Savior. But I was pretty stubborn, and God did what He had to do, put me in a plane to to, to get me this way. For for me, it was a, a donut that had a hole in it, and and it was the donut man explaining that Jesus is the donut hole that fills our heart, and oh, that's man. what did it for me. So the donut man, the donut. Do you know the donut man? Oh yeah, we, my wife and I. Oh my gosh, I've I've heard all those songs a hundred times. So good for you. <laughs> that it, it, yeah, that God used him. So uh, he'll he'll use uh, a lot of different things. So that's uh, that's that's part part of each of our stories for sure. Well, Jerry, gosh, I, I'm so encouraged to, to to talk with you again today. And um, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. But um, before we go, I did want to ask you. Uh, let me get the, the the name right. So. You're, you're now the spokesperson for Louisiana brand hot sauce. So I, I love hot sauce. I'm not necessarily uh, loyal to, to one brand or, or another, but but I'm a hot sauce fan. But you're, how, how did all this come about? And you must be passionate about hot sauce. Oh, you know, I, I, I do. I, I love spicy food, and I love Cajun food especially. And the Louisiana brand hot sauce is actually a, a sponsor of Major League Baseball. So there are, I think, 13 teams, including the Rockies, that are a local sponsor. And so we're on the radio, and they came to me and thought and, and said, hey, do you, do you like, you know, you like spicy food? I said, I love it. I absolutely love that. And, and I was a Tabasco guy, and, 
and they would you try this and if you like it would you be a spokesperson so i'm not making any money i just i'm doing it for the station and major league baseball and and i just have a lot of fun with it so yeah louisiana brand hot sauce you know what it's really good it's the best i've, I've had and i can't get enough of it now it, it's it's pretty good that's cool so it's a national brand then yeah 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 it's um, i'll check it out yeah, it's, it's made obviously uh, outside of new orleans in louisiana and um they're just they're branching out and uh, it's it's really good stuff. It's not overwhelmingly spicy, so you can add a, more than a drop or two, which I like. So I, I put a bunch in, but it's really good. But yeah, it's a, it's a national brand in Major League Baseball. You know, we went we played the Texas Rangers, Bryce, opening our our first road trip, and they have Louisiana brand hot sauce on their foul poles, oh, all, wow. all of them gigantic foul poles, different presence in different ballparks and on radio and TV. Gosh, that's cool. Now that's that's a good that's a good sponsor. You could get excited about promoting that for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess I guess last thing too. So the Rockies, we're, we're talking to you. You guys have a game against San Francisco tonight. The team is sixteen and thirteen on the season. What's sort of the, the the pulse of the team? What this kind of early early half of the season? How how are you kind of feeling from your vantage point? Yeah, pretty optimistic actually. You know they. They struggled the last couple of years, last two COVID years, and actually it's been four years now since they made the playoffs. But um, they, they they beat everybody's expectations last year by winning 72 games, I think it was, or 76 games. And this year picked to win anywhere between 68 and 71. And I just think they're they're way better than that. I think they're, they could flirt with being a 500 team. When you do that in Major League Baseball, you got a shot at being a wild card. So Took two out of three from the, the mighty Dodgers in the opening series and and uh, play, have played very well at home, but some some acquisitions have really helped this team. So very optimistic. And the, the new guys are just fun to be around. Guys like Chris Bryant, some others that Randall Gritchick, and uh, just really fun to, fun guys to be around. Great team players, great clubhouse guys. So we're excited. We're, we're excited about the prospects in 2022. Very cool. Well, that's that's awesome, and, and glad to hear you're back in the booth. And I know fans are excited about that as as well. And, and Jerry, so good to, to catch up and, and have you back on unpacking it. And, and thanks so much for, for joining us and, and sharing uh, more about your story and encourage people to check out the, the last podcast we did with Jerry as well. Talk more about being a cyclist. And so you got to hear about that and, and the, uh, the documentary that he did uh, called Godspeed. So uh, his website, jerryshemmel.com. Jerry, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, it's great to see you again, Bryce. Thanks for having me on. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. There's Jerry Schemmel joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. Sharing the personal side of sports. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack our conversation with Jerry Schemmel and just a, an inspiring conversation. And my big takeaway today is what is God doing in our lives to get our attention? And hopefully it doesn't require a plane crash to get our attention. But God uses things. He, he uses elements of this life, even in this broken world, to ultimately draw us to himself and to reveal himself to us, to show us how much he loves us. And, and also at times as, as, as we follow him, uh, sometimes we'll go through seasons where we drift away or we, we've had a pattern in our life for, for so long, a sin pattern in our life so long that he's making it evident that he wants us to change, that he wants to, to work in us and through us 
and and he's trying to get our attention to to take some of those steps that he's leading us toward. Um, and and he's he wants to reveal something to us, but he's got to get our attention so that we're still long enough to hear him, and we're quiet enough to hear him. And and sometimes it means taking something away that we love, and and listening to Jerry talk about that. You know, at this stage of his life, you know, two years away from broadcasting and the lessons learned. In, in those two seasons, uh, those two years, and kind of that season of life where being reminded of, okay, who, what's your identity? Is your identity in Jesus or is your identity you know, more wrapped up in being a broadcaster? And, and so I, I can relate to, to that situation as well where I spent a year uh, kind of uh, out of radio and then God allowed me back in radio and over the years has worked in a lot of different ways through all of that, but... Um, and, and me having to learn, uh, yeah, what, what is my identity as well? Um, so I, I understood that. But for you, you know, that, the question is, is God trying to get your attention in, in a specific area? And, and are you kind of seeing you know, consistent things, or is there one big thing that's happened in your life and you're wondering, wait, what's going on? Maybe the question is, what, in what ways are you trying to get my attention? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to reveal to me? And, and asking those questions, uh, I think, can be, can be really important. And, and God can you know, move in, in, those, in those situations in big ways. Uh, but just you know, listening to Jerry describe that spot that he was in when he was 30 after that crash and all the emotions and, and, and the, the wrestling and the struggling that he was going through and, and just saying, God, come into my life. And, and so for us, it, it might be simple prayer, God, I need you. God, I need you to show up. God, I, I, want, I want more of you. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, lead me. God, guide me. What, what is that simple prayer right now that, that we need to pray and, 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 and then to, to kind of open our eyes to see what God is, is showing us and, and, what, and, and in the way that he's trying to get our attention? So we've got to fix our eyes on him. Got to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and 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 allow Him to to move in us and through us. We got to pay got to pay attention. So hopefully, it doesn't take a take a plane crash. That's again, I'll, I'll reiterate that. But but it's also you know as sad as that was that whole situation, and for Jerry to be a part of it, even it's really sad to even be a survivor in some ways. And he talked about that the the, the survivor guilt that he had to, to work through. But now, 30-some years later, however long that was, 30, yeah, it's been a while since then, how God has, has used that for good in Jerry's life. And to hear that he's now going around speaking and sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus, how cool is that? Very, very awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. Thanks to Jerry. Uh, his website you can check out in the show notes and and. and Go visit that and hear hear more about what he does and who he is. And you follow him on Twitter as well. Um, and then how about the hot sauce? I got to get some hot sauce. I got to try that. I, I like hot sauce. I'm not like Mr. Hot Sauce where I got to put it on everything. I'm probably more of a ketchup guy. A little bit. I could almost do ketchup on anything. The cra- I'm trying to think of the craziest thing I've done ketchup on. Almost, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not like trying to put it on stuff, but it's like, oh, yeah, ketchup, if it accidentally gets on something, oh, yeah, it's always good. It always adds a little something. It's always delicious. But hot sauce, yeah, it's good too. Louisiana brand hot sauce, nice. Always delicious. 
Uh, all right, well, have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.